Hello, I'm Andrew and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 25th of October 2023. Hello and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 We hope you enjoy this week's edition. Reading for you this week, we have myself, Andrew, Nathan, Angela, Christine, Ian, Helen, Mary, Mina, Simon, and of course, not forgetting, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, including the lifestyle news for the for November. The quiz with Mina from Beaties to the Beatles. We have the latest local news for the black country. We have a special tribute edition of our sports section. And did you know section from Flashback Roger. The weather for the week ahead. Local news to start though with Ian Christine, but first, Angela. People can see that the skyline of the town centre is changing and we are making good on our word to regenerate the town and create a place where people want to live, work or visit. That's the message from Dudley Council leader Patrick Harley as confirmation was given to begin the £24 million reconstruction of Dudley's bus station and metro interchange. The tired and dated bus station off Birmingham Street, one of the busiest in the West Midlands, is to be transformed into a new travel hub to better connect the people of Dudley to leisure and job opportunities across the region. Transport for West Midlands has announced that construction work will commence at the beginning of 2024, ahead of the impressive new interchange opening in 2025, which will offer a modern, accessible environment as well as seamless connections between bus and metro services. The interchange is just one in a series of major regeneration projects which are transforming Dudley Town Centre, including the Portersfield development. This also follows recent developments at the Very Light Rail Innovation Centre, Black Country Living Museum and the Black Country and Marches Institute of Technology. Councillor Patrick Harley, leader of Dudley Council, said We are making great progress in Dudley Town Centre. 
with the upcoming demolition of the old bus station, people can see that the skyline of our town centre is changing once again. And we are making good on our word to regenerate the town and create a place where people want to live, work or visit. The interchange will be a hub for transport in the town and will make it easier for people travelling by bus and tram. It will be a very proud moment for me when the new interchange opens. Andy Street, Mayor of the West Midlands added, This interchange will vastly improve public transport connections for Dudley Town Centre visitors and businesses, giving local people the more modern, convenient and environmentally friendly bus and tram facilities they deserve. We have metro tracks being laid for the first phase of the metro extension in the town centre, have been working on cross-city bus routes to improve reliability of services into Dudley and are developing and extending cycle lanes across the borough. This will help to offer local people safe and convenient alternatives to the car, reducing road traffic congestion. This announcement comes just after we were able to confirm funding to deliver the second phase of the Wensby to Briley Hill Metro extension in full. This is a great time for public transport in the Black Country and for the regeneration of Dudley Town Centre. I look forward to seeing the interchange take shape in the months ahead. The work is being carried out alongside the development of Phase 1 of the Wensby to Briley Hill Metro extension which is being delivered for Transport for West Midlands by Midland Metro Alliance. Demolition of the 1986 built bus station means bus stops will be temporarily relocated to Tower Street and Ednam Road. Transport for West Midlands and bus operators will publish detailed information in the weeks leading up to the closure. The new leader of Wolverhampton Council says the authority intends to talk to receivers about the future of the empty Beatties building, but said the local authority was unlikely to step in with a rescue package. Councillor Stephen Simpkins, who took over as leader of the council last month, said the decline of the landmark building on the corner of Victoria Street and Darlington Street was a tragedy for the city. He said the council would offer whatever support it could to a private developer with plans to bring the site back into use, but said it was unlikely that taxpayers' money would be used to fund a major rescue package. The future of the Art Deco building that has been empty since October 2020 hangs in the balance after SSYS Beatties, the company set up to redevelop the site, was placed into receivership. The developer, which bought the building for £3 million, had drawn up plans to convert the upper floors into apartments with the retail use retained on the ground floor. But the company collapsed over a debt owed to a moneylender. Councillor Stephen Simpkins spoke of his sadness at the decline of the building. It's a tragedy what has happened, he said. I have grown up with Beatties. When I was young, Beatties was the go-to place for big occasions. Councillor Simpkins also said he would be raising the matter with the West Midlands Combined Authority to see if any support would be available. 
If a private company could come in to develop the site, we would not stand in their way, he said. If we can help, we will do, but it must be a public-private partnership. We are living in difficult times and it is important to maintain sound finances. We can't rescue the building with council finances. If we had the money, we would love to do it. We have to focus on the day job, which is looking after the people of Wolverhampton. New rapid response crews will respond to urgent requests for street cleansing and grounds maintenance across the borough, Dudley Council has announced. Three dedicated rapid response crews have been introduced by the Council to deal with the issues as and when they identify them while travelling through the borough. The new crews will respond to daily reactive requests that come in through Dudley Council Plus, such as the removal of fly tipping or broken glass, or the clearance of overgrown vegetation. This will enable other street scene teams responsible for routine maintenance to focus on scheduled work. Councillor Damien Caulfield, Cabinet Member for Highways and Environment Services said, We are improving the way we run our street cleansing and grounds maintenance services. These new rapid response teams can deal with reactive daily requests and leave our other crews to get on with routine work. This means we can provide a more responsive and efficient service, delivering the best for our residents. Up next, we hear from Helen who, as usual, has our latest Beacon update. Hi, it's Helen from Beacon, back with your weekly update. And we're starting this week with the C word. Yep, Christmas will be back before we know it. Send a Beacon Christmas card this festive season and help people to live well with sight loss. Pick up yours from our shops today. Find your local branch on our website, www.beacon.com beaconvision.org forward slash shops. Now, here's a sentence I hope we can all agree with. There's no place for hate. Beacon is proud to be a third party referral centre, which means if you come to Beacon, we can help you access the support you need. All hate crimes and incidents should be reported. It helps victims get the support they need and helps ensure offenders are brought to justice and can't do the same to others. Now, it's recently been Community Transport Week, so we've been saying thank you to our very own transport team here at Beacon, who clock up thousands of miles a year, helping blind and partially sighted people to get out and about and connect with their community. If you want to find out more about how our door-to-door service could work for you, get in touch. Call us on 01902-880-111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. And talking about transport, we are delighted to have been shortlisted in the Community Transport Association 2023 Photograph of the Year Award. 
Our shortlisted image captures a trip organised for our members to the Black Country Living Museum and shows how our transport service is much more than getting someone from A to B. It helps people to live well with sight loss. We need as many people as possible to vote for Beacon, with the winner set to be announced at an awards ceremony next month. You can vote for us via the CTA website by November the 6th. Just head to www.ctauk.org. That's ctauk.org. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for that update, Helen. Next up, we have another block of local news. An exceptional and pioneering scientist from the region who worked on developing a new class of antibiotics has died aged 29. Dr Kirsty Smitten has studied at the University of Sheffield and went on to help create drugs to tackle antimicrobial resistance. She won several awards during her career and was recently named on Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30 list. Dr Smitten died from a rare form of heart cancer on 4th of October, the University of Sheffield confirmed. The co-founder and CEO of spin-out company Metallo Bio Limited, Dr Smitten was also actively involved in various sporting teams. This included AFC Norton Woodseats Ladies, which she helped launch, the university said. Dr Smitten, who was originally from the West Midlands, had been diagnosed with cardiac angiosarcoma, a rare terminal disease which affects just two people in the UK every year. In April, she told the BBC, It's so rare that my oncologist and none of the sarcoma team in Birmingham had ever seen it before. No one knows that you can even get heart cancer. I didn't, and I work in medicine. Despite the diagnosis, Dr Smitten continued to work, saying it helped her to keep going. Paying tribute, Professor Jim Thomas, co-founder of Metallo Bio Limited, said Dr Smitten had been an exceptional individual. Apart from her academic and burgeoning commercial successes, she was a keen and competitive sportswoman, Professor Thomas said. When diagnosed with an exceptionally rare and aggressive cancer, she went on to document her life on social media and use this as a lever for fundraising activities. She even set up an online support group for cardiac angiosarcoma to help others across the world and was nominated to become a Sarcoma UK Young Sarcoma Voice of the Year. Professor Thomas added, Kirsty was the most extraordinary person I have met in my career. Dr. Smitten's family said they wanted to continue her work 
and planned to set up a charity in her name. The chief executive of two West Midlands hospital trusts is to retire next year after almost 40 years of working at the top level in the NHS. Professor David Lawton has been at the helm of Royal Wolverhampton Trust for over 19 years and at Walsall Healthcare for the last two and a half. He will turn 70 in January and said he wanted to spend more time with family. Trust Chair David Nicholson said he had made a tremendous contribution and worked tirelessly to improve the NHS. Professor Lawton dedicated much of his career to transforming health services in Wolverhampton and Walsall as well as making vital contributions at both regional and national level, the Wolverhampton Trust said. His work included leading research and development for many years, chairing the region's Maternity Network and Cancer Alliance, as well as bringing together the first pathology network. Announcing his retirement in March next year, he said he felt it was the right time to take a step back, but that he leaves the Trusts in a challenging and exciting period. We still have much work to do, however, to improve our patients' experience, particularly since COVID-19, he said. Those who knew me will all say I like to work at pace and I have enjoyed implementing innovative ways of working to ensure the best possible care for our patients and a rewarding work environment for our staff. He said his role had given him great pleasure and he was privileged to have led such dynamic and forward-thinking trusts which have a talented and dedicated workforce at their heart. So David thanked Professor Lawton for his support, leadership and dedication over the decades. The Trusts will begin the recruitment process for a permanent group chief executive in the coming weeks. is a case of call the midwife at the Black Country Living Museum as mothers and their children born this year came to celebrate 75 years of the NHS and the Windrush generation. All the 75 babies present were born in the Black Country in 2023 and they and their families also got the first look at the new visitors attraction, a recreation of the Lee Road Infant Welfare Centre in Wolverhampton. The centre looked after expectant mothers and newborn babies, providing health care, maternity services, classes, advice and medication, and even beds. Call the Midwife is a popular television drama about a group of midwives working in the East End of London in the late 1950s and early 1960s, and there were plenty of the Black Country variety on hand at the museum to take care of the infants. Over 450 parents got in touch when the museum appealed for 75 Black Country babies last month. 
the lucky ones, including some real-life midwives, got free access to the museum for the day and the youngsters given a popular unchained annual pass, which will be valid until they are 16 years of age. The attraction will tell stories about the foundation of the NHS, the impact of migration and the support and care that new and expectant mothers received in the black country. Visitors will be able to explore the main hall, dispensary and doctor's office to experience the sights and sounds of the growing National Health Service as it was in the 1960s. Costumed characters will include Sicilian Sinclair, who travelled to the black country from Jamaica as part of the Windrush generation, and a health visitor, Lynn Davies, who helped expectant and new mothers. Carol King, the director of programmes at the museum, said they were very proud of the Lee Road Infant Welfare Centre building, which had been 18 months in the planning, and she was sure it would be a worthwhile addition to the other attractions. She said, The idea to invite 75 babies born in the black country this year has proved tremendously popular, and I am sorry we couldn't accommodate more. But the number is significant, as it signifies the birth of the NHS in 1948. It is also the year HMT Empire Windrush docked, and that was very significant for the NHS and people living there at the time, as many people from the Caribbean worked in hospitals or health centres, such as Lee Road. But, as well as looking back to the past, we like to look forward as well, which is why we are inviting the youngsters to visit us again, by using the annual pass, and we are sure they will be fascinated in future years to explore the history, sights, sounds and people of the area where they come from. Now it's time to test your knowledge, as we have the quiz questions for this edition brought to us by Mina. Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Question 1 What was the name of the giant prehistoric dragonfly? Question 2 how many words is thought that Shakespeare invented? Question 3. What colours are most associated with Halloween? Question 4. In what year was extreme ironing founded as weird activity?
question five. What size shoe would the Statue of Liberty need? And finally, question six. What little known property does copper have? I will be back with you later in the show with the answers, but for now, best of luck. Cheers for those questions, Mina. Hmm, I'll get my mind working on them. Up now, however, is another beacon update. Would you like to help shape support services for families in Wolverhampton? Beacon is working with the City of Wolverhampton Council to get the views of parents and carers to help shape future provision, particularly in its family hubs. We would like to know what you think about the services currently on offer and how you think they could be improved. We'd especially like to hear about whether you think that being impacted by sight loss has any effect on your ability to access maternity or family-based services. To get involved, please contact Becky Green via bgreen at beaconvision.org or call us on 01902-880-111. Now then, grab yourself a cuppa and find your comfy spot as it's time for an update from Beacon, including the Lifestyle Newsletter. Welcome to November 2023's newsletter. We have lots of activities going on before Christmas, so why not come and get involved? This month we have two trips to the bowling alley and two trips to swimming, and due to popular demand, we are off to the garden centre for plants and Christmas gifts, plus many other activities going on. Come and meet some wonderful people, have a good chat and improve your mental and physical health. The drop-in session this month is Tuesday the 7th of November, 10 till half 10 in the Residence Lounge. The beautiful picture on the front page today is of Mary, Stephen and Reginda at the Bowling Alley. Would you like to receive this newsletter in a different format? Please contact The Beacon on 01902. 880111 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org.
monthly sessions for November. Monday the 6th of November, Mary's Movement Class. A seated or standing class working the whole body with cardio, weights and strength to your ability. It's fun and friendly with your music choice. 10.30 to 11.30am, based in the gym at Beacon. The class cost is £4.50, invoiced by Beacon. Wednesday the 8th and Monday the 27th of November. Swimming at Bert Williams Centre Bilston, WV140EF, 10.45am to 11.45am. We have a private lane just for Beacon users. All abilities are welcome. The activity cost is £6, invoiced by Beacon. The minibus costs £5. It departs at 10.15am and returns at 1pm. Lockers cost a pound or a trolley coin. Thursday the 9th of November. Book club in the residence lounge at the Beacon Centre, Sedgley. 10.30am to 12pm. Please note the new start time. The cost is £2 invoiced by Beacon. A relaxed, fun group discussing the latest books we've read. Tea, coffee and treats are provided. Friday the 10th of November. Walking around Wombourne in Himley. This walk is on pavements, hills, grass and uneven surfaces and should take approximately two to three hours. Activity cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon. Minibus cost is £5, leaving Beacon at 10.30am and returning at approximately 2.30 to 3pm. If you are meeting us there, please head to the Dudley Arms, Wolverhampton Road, Himley, Dudley, DY3, 4LB, where there is free car parking. This activity is weather permitting. Monday the 13th of November. Due to popular demand, we will be running a new circuit class at Beacon Gym. The session will run from 11am to 12pm and will allow for use of all gym equipment with a fun circuit included. Get set for an enjoyable, loud and sweaty gym session. The cost is £4.50 per person, invoiced by Beacon. Wednesday the 15th of November, fishing at All Brighton, WV7 3FL, 11am to 2pm. The activity is part paid for by Beacon, so it is a discounted price of £7 per person, which includes the use of all equipment. Minibus cost is £7, departs at 10.30am, and returns to Beacon at 2.30pm. All costs are invoiced by Beacon. Friday the 17th of November. 10-pin bowling at Castlegate Dudley. DY1 40A. 11am to 1pm. All abilities are welcome, with a friendly, fun atmosphere for social bowling. Trip cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon. The activity cost is £6.45 for two games paying at the bowling alley on the day. Minibus costs £5, departs at 10.30am, returning at 2pm. Friday the 24th of November. Walking round West Park, Wolverhampton. WV14SQ. From 11am to 12pm for a leisurely walk and 12 till 1 to catch up in the cafe. Take it at your own pace and complete your own chosen distance on a paved flat route. 
We'll meet at the Connaught Road gate entrance. The activity cost is £2, invoiced by Beacon. Minibus costs £5, departs at 10.30am and returns at 1.30pm. Volunteer guides are available, weather permitting. Please make sure you book activities in advance and leave a contact number at the time of booking. For further details on any of the activities, please call Mary on 01902 880 What's on this month? This month, a group of our service users have been invited to attend a Beavers group session at the Bratch Scout Group in Womburn on Wednesday the 8th of November. The Beavers group are working towards achieving their disability badge and have chosen Beacon and their visually impaired clients to support and help them do this. Thank you so much to all the wonderful members who have volunteered. We shall be taking a full minibus. On Wednesday the 22nd of November, we are finally getting our bowling match against the green team. The guys who signed up for the original match will be representing the beacon. Wish them luck. And last, but by all means not least, on Tuesday the 28th of November, we shall be visiting a local garden centre. So please join us at Bridge North Garden Centre, Bridge North Road, Shipley, Wolverhampton, WV6 7EJ, from 11am until 2pm, to stock up on some delights, browse the many shops and stop for a bite to eat in the restaurant. The minibus cost is £5 and it will be departing at 10.30am, returning at 2.30pm. Free car parking is available should you opt to meet us there. VIP Group We are a group of working-aged people and or people who live independently with sight loss that meet once a month for a social gathering. We're a friendly bunch that likes to try new activities, build friendships and encourage others to live life to the full. On Wednesday, the 29th of November, we shall be getting festive at Beacon as we welcome a bell-ringing concert that will be stacked full of songs and carols that, well, will ring a bell. The concert will be held in the Beacon Centre Coffee Bar from 6pm to 8pm and there will be an opportunity for everyone to have a go. The activity cost is £3 and all donations to the bell-ringing group are welcome. What happened last month? We had an absolute blast at Beacon with the doll drumming session, providing plenty of colour, cheer and foot tapping beats. And from foot tapping beats to bobbies on the beat, as we also enjoyed a trip to the past when we visited the Black Country Living Museum's new 1960s High Street experience, where as well as meeting some of the local constabulary, We also popped into former favourites Berg's newsagents, Butcher's Marsh and Baxter, Stanton's music shop, and we also called the talking clock from a 1960s telephone box. Well, I guess it's that time of year again where you may be thinking about next year's diaries and calendars. So good news, Beacon are now taking orders for 2024 large print diaries and calendars. 
The diaries range from pocket or A6 in size and go up to A4. There is even a jumbo diary with more pages offering even more room. They have big and bold text making it easy to see. The 2024 calendars are also available now. The calendars are available in two orientations, portrait A3 or landscape A3, which is the shorter but wider of the two. If you would like a large print diary or calendar for 2024, Beacon are now taking orders. So give us a call on 01902 880 and ask to speak to a site loss advisor. That's 01902 to order yours now. Are you interested? Do you use a screen reader such as JAWS, NVDA, Narrator or Mac VoiceOver? Can you set up and use the accessibility features on phones and tablets? Well, we're seeking experienced, knowledgeable people with effective communication skills who have the ability to impart information and support people living with sight loss to improve their IT and digital skills. As an IT and assistive technology coach, you will be offered a flexible paid role. Please contact Kerry Dogleash on 01902 880 to discuss further. We're also delighted to have been shortlisted in the Community Transport Association 2023 Photograph of the Year Award. The photo in this month's edition captures a trip organised for our members to the Black Country Living Museum and shows how our transport service is much more than just getting someone from A to B. It helps people to live well with sight loss. We need as many people as possible to vote for Beacon as the image with the most votes will be named as a winner at an award ceremony to be held on November the 23rd. Voting closes on November the 6th, so please do encourage your family and friends to vote for us too if possible. To vote, visit the website www.ctauk.org forward slash CT23 hyphen competition hyphen cast hyphen your hyphen vote. That's www.ctauk.org forward slash CT23 hyphen competition hyphen cast hyphen your hyphen vote. Hi. Meet the staff this month is Debbie Fox. She's the People Manager at Beacon Centre for the Blind. Her roles include coordination of staff and volunteers to work alongside operational managers. This includes things as managing the hiring and training of staff, developing job descriptions and communicating information about our organisation across all the teams. She has worked at Beacon for five years. She says she is so proud to say she works at this charity because of the much-needed services we provide to people with visually impairments and other needs or disabilities, but also because we are so lucky to have a dedicated and committed team of staff and volunteers. When she's not working, she's generally found being mom's taxi 
taking one of her two children to a club or an activity. If she does get time to herself, she enjoys swimming, jigsaws and live music events. She believes that one of the most important parts of her role is listening to any feedback. Therefore, as always, if you have any comments or feedback, please just get in touch. Phone number 01902 880111 or mobile number 07849 802771 or you can email people at beaconvision.org There is a beautiful picture of Debbie on the page. Sedgley Lifestyle Centre. We are open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 10am to 3pm at our base in Sedgley. We run several activities each day including cookery, crafting, pottery, computer work, gym sessions, listening to music, quizzes and reminiscing. We keep well hydrated with tea, coffee and water and we have the restaurant to attend to for a hot meal if we don't bring our sandwiches with us. We are lively, fun and love to have a laugh. Why not come and join us for a trial day? Contact Beacons Reception and ask for more information. You can call us on 01902 880 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. VI Group, Queen's Cross. We are a friendly group of visually impaired people who enjoy socialising and welcome new members to join us. We meet on the first Friday of every month from 1pm to 3pm at Queen's Cross on Wellington Road, Dudley, DY11RB in the Café Plaza where drinks and refreshments can be purchased if required. The first meetup is on Friday the 3rd of November. The hot topic for this session will be low vision equipment, aids and adaptions. We will be bringing a range of equipment with us to showcase what is on offer. There will be a fee of £3 for each session to help cover running costs. This will be invoiced at the end of each month. If you're interested in attending the session on Friday the 3rd of November or any other activities at Beacon, please contact Mina Sahota on 01902 or email msahota, that's M-S-A-H-O-T-A, at beaconvision.org to book a place. On Friday the 3rd of November, at Penn Golf Club, we are opening the doors at half past six to Terry and Paul. It is a charity evening of live music. Anyone who attends the day centre will know Terry. He comes in once a month, gives up his own time to perform many different songs in the day centre. He's very talented. Tickets cost £10 and include a cob and chips. You can buy tickets at the Beacon Centre reception, Penn Club, or you can email supportus at beaconvision.org. At least £5 from each ticket will be donated to the Beacon Centre of the Blind. All tickets are non-refundable. 
So why not come along and see Terry and Paul perform at Penn Golf Club on Friday the 3rd of November. Doors open 6.30. And finally, just a quick reminder, there is still accommodation at Beacon Court. Beacon Court is located in Sedgley, just a short distance from Wolverhampton City Centre. We have parks, local shops and public transport links right on our doorstep, offering you comfort, security and convenience alongside the independent living and a wide variety of choices. Each home has its own front door, individual access card, two bedrooms, a store, a wet shower room, a lounge with kitchen and appliances, gas central heating, UVBC glazed windows. Beacon provides a 24-7 care team on site to deal with any emergencies 365 days a year. And there's a pull cord in each apartment that you help raise an emergency. You also get a 30-minute-a-week wellbeing post call from either Suki or Amanda. And they help go through things like your post, paying bills and just giving you some extra support. If you or you know of anyone else who might be interested, please call Bromford on 01902 882 170 to speak to the scheme manager. Regarding getting in touch with Beacon, we have our website, which is www.beaconvision.org, Facebook at Beacon Centre, Twitter at Beacon Centre, Instagram at Beacon Vision. Our main address for the building in Sedgley is Wolverhampton Road East, WV46AZ. And don't forget, if you want to opt out of receiving this newsletter, please contact the Beacon on 01902 880 Have a fabulous month. Next, let's have another block of local news. Visitors to a history fair had a right royal day when King Charles I paid a visit to Wolverhampton almost four centuries after his first trip. Among the attractions at the event held at Wolverhampton Archives was reenactor Daniel Williams, who turned out in style in costume and dressed up to depict the monarch who stayed at the city's old Star and Garter public house, which once stood in Victoria Street in 1642. The well-attended local history fair at the archives at Molyneux Hotel Building in Whitmore Hill featured many stalls, including organisers, the Friends of Wolverhampton Archives, West Midlands Police Museum, the Western Front Association, Wolverhampton Archaeology Group, Birmingham Museums, the Lace Guild based in Stourbridge, and volunteers based at the National Trust's Mosley Old Hall. Mr Williams, aged 49, from Sutton Coalfield, says, It's been a tremendous day all round. I met the Mayor of Wolverhampton, who tested my history knowledge. Some people from the Lace Guild, as lace was in fashion in the King's day, and loads of ladies who volunteer at Mosley Old Hall, where King Charles II hid when he was on the run. I was so blown away by the size of the archive building. There were loads of people there. Lots of people were saying it was lovely to meet the King and were taking selfies with him. It's being absolutely brilliant. Mr Williams added, King Charles' stay in Wolverhampton is commemorated by a blue plaque which says he stayed there on October the 17th, 1642. 
This was at a point when he was rallying troops to fight for him in the English Civil War on a tour of the Midlands. He also wrote a letter to the people of Lichfield from there. Rallying Support I love the story of King Charles and have taken his character all round the British Isles to events and places where he stayed or was associated with. When I heard of the event in Wolverhampton it got my attention because many people may not know the story of his visit to the city and I am sure it will be of much interest. So much of our local history is disappearing. We need to help it survive. With news like the recent tragic loss of the beloved Crooked House it is very much in the spotlight. The 49-year-old is such a fan of the history of King Charles, he has been writing a book profiling his life story, which will be published soon. Now, how about taking a trip down memory lane to remember some true TV royalty? As residents of Staffordshire and the Black Country will soon be able to view archive film and TV footage dating back to the 1960s at libraries across Staffordshire thanks to a new British Film Institute, BFI, initiative. The content has been made available thanks to a project called BFI Replay and will include collections from the BBC and ITV. Victoria Wilson, Library's Chief at Staffordshire County Council said, We all love a bit of nostalgia, so it is brilliant that our libraries will now be able to offer easy access to thousands of videos which document how Britain has changed over the decades. This will be of particular interest to local history enthusiasts and anyone with a passion for television history, but also people who just want a trip down television viewing memory lane. It's a great example of how we're using libraries to connect with our communities and always trying to find new activities and projects to be involved with. The collections include footage from historical news events to classic television alongside public information films, adverts and interviews with filmmakers. People can access the content, which has been collected and cared for by archivists, on the library's public computers by clicking on the BFI Replay icon on the desktop. For more information, visit the British Film Institute website at bfi.org.uk forward slash bfi replay. And from TV royalty, we now have a little something from the behemoths of pop royalty. Where Beatles autographs collected by a local firefighter receiving his MBE on the same day as the band have sold at auction for thousands of pounds. The circumstances in 1965 sound like lyrics to the Beatles song Penny Lane. At Buckingham Palace there was a fireman with some autographs and in his pockets a medal from the Queen. It was a quirky background that piqued the interest the buyer said. But there was an additional feature to the story. 
On the 26th of October, 58 years ago, George Goodman collected the signatures of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr for his daughter, Joan, then 12. But as the band signed her book, he told them, I don't know what she sees in you, a comment about which McCartney would tell reporters. The Staffordshire-based buyer, 57, a lifelong Beatles fan who wished to remain anonymous, paid £7.4,000 for a page of history and said it was the story behind these autographs which did it. You can't fault it. He added his purchase fulfilled a lifetime's ambition. Mr Goodman was at one time a Chief Fire Prevention Officer in the region, although there is no word on whether he liked to keep his fire engine clean. Joy, now 70, who accompanied her father to Buckingham Palace along with her mother Doris and sister Jill, said the autograph book had been tucked away for years and she felt it was time to pass it on. She said following the sale, I wanted my autograph book to go to someone who would appreciate it and treasure it, so this is a perfect fit. The Beatles and Mr Goodman were awarded their MBEs on the 26th of October 1965. At a press conference following the ceremony, Lennon said the band signed autographs for all the people who were waiting to get their MBEs, with McCartney adding, they were all nice, you know, but one fella said, I want it for my daughter, but I don't know what she sees in you. I guess you could call it a fireman's faux pas. Up next, it's trivia time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. It's all yours, Roger. Take it away. Hello again everyone. Well I've been digging to find some interesting and odd facts from around the world for you this week. It's a mix of old and new items to digest. So here goes. Here's your first one. More than 300 million years ago the Meganora established itself as the largest known flying insect to ever exist on Earth. The dragonfly-like creature had a wingspan that stretched over two and a half feet. The bugs were also big enough to hunt prey like frogs and newts which could eat with its teeth like mandibles. And what about this then? Shakespeare wrote some of the most beloved and revered pieces of literature the world has ever known, but in order to craft his plays and poems, he sometimes resorted to making up his own words. In fact, the bard is said to have come up with more than 1,700 words, including moonbeam, laughable, eyeball, bump, puking, champion, bedroom, excitement, and zany. And with Halloween is only next week or so, did you know that? There's a reason why black and orange are associated with Halloween. Orange signals the harvest of autumn, while black is a symbol of darkness and acts as a reminder that Halloween once was a festival that marked the boundaries between life and death. I don't think many of us would be doing this activity. 
There are plenty of extreme sports out there if you happen to be a adrenaline junkie, like the classics from skydiving and surfing, but if you want to combine your love of cleaning with your love of getting wild, then perhaps you'd like to do Extreme Ironing, which was founded in 1997. It's been challenging competitors to pressure in unexpected locations, like high up in trees, hanging over cliffs, or paddling whitewater rapids. And I've heard of plus-size clothes, but this is crazy. It's no secret that the Statue of Liberty is a mighty monument. The copper section alone is 151 feet 1 inch tall. But if Lady Liberty ever needed a new pair of sandals, it would take size 879 shoes to cover her massive feet. And copper doorknobs are self-disinfecting. Copper and its alloys such as brass have long been popular materials for manufacturing doorknobs. It turns out this may not just be because the metal's hue makes it look nice. In fact, the material has been found to kill bacteria that linger on the hands. Well then, have a good week and enjoy yourselves wherever you do. But also be security aware and not open your doors to anyone unknown to you. Oh, and don't forget to put your clocks back one hour this coming Sunday the 29th. In your own look, I'm off. I think I'll have me a nice cup of hot chocolate this week instead of a cuppa. So till next week then, I'll say bye for now. Keep well, keep warm and keep safe. Ta-ra a bit. Ta-ra. Up now we have to hear what the weather has in store for us. Brought to us, come rain or shine, by our own Sunny Mina. The weather for this week ahead is forecast to remain much the same, with some sunny intervals but plenty of showers. Temperatures are forecast to continue to feel like autumn at 12 degrees. UV levels are expected to remain low. The sunrise and sunset times are set to change from Sunday 29th of October as don't forget we turn back one hour allowing us not only one hour extra in bed on Sunday but more sunlight in the morning throughout the winter months too. So it will be 7am for the sunrise and 4.45pm for the sunset. From Friday 27th of October is forecast to be wet and breezy with spells of light rain and a gentle breeze. Temperatures are expected to be 13 degrees. Moving on and unfortunately the spell of rain looks set to hang over the region for the weekend. With a gentle breeze, temperatures will feel cooler at 11 degrees on both Sunday and Saturday. On to next week where the spell of unsettled weather will continue to dominate once again with plenty of sharp showers to look out for. It is forecast for weather to remain in the region on Monday 30th of October and continue right through to Thursday 2nd of November. With a gentle breeze, temperatures should continue to hold up at around 12 degrees. The showers are forecast to be persistent throughout the week, but there's chance of some brief sunny intervals breaking through at times, with Wednesday 1st of November looking like it has a chance of offering some light relief and being relatively dry and sunny. So, 
There we have it, another mixed bag of sunshine and showers for the week. As always, enjoy the weather. Cheers for that weather update, Mina. Up now, we have a special edition of this week's sports feature. In a weekend which saw a last gasp, Sasha Kalazic winner hand Gary O'Neill's Wolves the last laugh at former employers Bournemouth, and the biggest Hawthorns attendance of the season witness a rather ponderous baggies play out a lacklustre goalless draw against Plymouth. It has also been an extremely hard-hitting weekend within the world of football, with the sad loss of a timeless football icon, England's 1966 World Cup winning hero Sir Bobby Charlton. In honour and as a mark of respect, Baggies legend Tony Bomber Brown paid tribute to England's best. Sir Bobby Charlton, after the Manchester United and England legend's death, age 86. Albion record appearance maker and goal scorer, Brown, 78, was a regular opponent of Charlton's as the pair went toe-to-toe in midfield across the 1960s and early 1970s in fierce contests at the Hawthorns and Old Trafford. Brown grew up a United fan, having moved to Withenshaw in Manchester after being born in Oldham. He would regularly watch Charlton gracefully carry the ball forward and unleash rockets from distance from the terraces at Old Trafford before he moved to the Black Country to embark on his own career. There were tight competitive draws and thrilling encounters between the sides. Legendary fixtures and scorelines included 5-3 and 4-3 United wins in the space of a few months after Charlton and England's 1966 World Cup heroics, before a 6-3 Albion success in 1968 just prior to FA Cup success, United's 7-0 rout in 1970 and a 4-3 Baggies success the following year, which featured a remarkable Brown Hawthorns hat-trick. Brown, who idolised Dennis Law as a youngster, well remembers coming up against the swashbuckling United side led by the great Charlton, who would play 758 games, win three league titles, an FA Cup and European Cup with the Red Devils. Baggies legend Brown told the Express and Star, I played against him quite a few times down here at the Hawthorns and up at Old Trafford. He was just a nightmare to handle. He was so composed, he dominated that midfield with his passes, crosses, and his distribution was out of this world. He was up and down the pitch, he was just tireless, all game, always wanted the ball. His physicality was brilliant. In the modern game, they talk about athletes, don't they? Bobby Charlton was an athlete. He could run all day for you. He could do, but he didn't have to, because he was on the ball and everything went through him for Manchester United. He scored so many world-class goals, he had two great feet. Anywhere around the box, if you gave him a sight with either foot, you could guarantee a goal. We talk about players through the ages, legends. Bobby Charlton is up there. Brown added, He led by example. He wasn't a shouter or a big talker, but the way he played, everything went through him. When we played, he would always be the first on the team sheet. We'd talk about before a game. You talk about trying to nullify in, but you couldn't talk about it all day long. Doing it was a different matter.
Charlton's death after battling dementia was confirmed on Saturday. It led to a flood of tributes from across the football world for a Busby babe, who survived the Munich air disaster before going on to win the World Cup and European Cup, the greatest titles in the sport. Charlton was known to be a big admirer of Albion great Brown and had admitted the Baggies legend's famous volley at Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup in January 1970 was one of his favourite ever goals. I think he's England's best player ever, the best I've seen. Bobby Charlton, he was absolutely brilliant, Brown said. For me, he might be number one for what he did. He will always be remembered. Both feet could play on the wing, but in midfield, his distribution and crossing was world class. It's a sad day today, especially in the Northwest, and particularly for Manchester United as a whole. He was one of a kind. Top three of the best players they've ever had. He was absolutely one of the best players I played against, without a doubt. It's hard to say with those in different positions. I always say his teammate Georgie Best as well was one. What a side they had. It was magical what he did there after coming back from Munich as well. I just can't say enough about him. Just a world-class player, top three in the world for me. His performances... He's all-around ability and a great gentleman as well. He'll be sadly missed. The death of Sir Bobby Charlton will also bring back memories for thousands of people who crowded into Dudley Marketplace to see the England football legend unveil the statue of his teammate Duncan Edwards. Sir Bobby received a rock star-like reception, bringing Dudley to a standstill, when he helped Duncan's 90-year-old mother, Sarah Ann Edwards, remove the wraps from the life-size bronze statue of the Dudley-born footballer 24 years ago this month. Sir Bobby survived the 1958 Munich air crash, which claimed the life of 21-year-old Duncan and seven of his Manchester United teammates. He remained a close friend of Mrs Edwards until her death in 2003 and attended her funeral at St Francis Church on Dudley's Priory Estate. During the unveiling ceremony, Sir Bobby described Duncan as possibly the greatest player he had ever come across, who was fiercely proud of his hometown. In Manchester, he is revered as if he is still alive, Sir Bobby told the massed crowds. He was the only player who made me feel inadequate. He was the greatest player I've ever played with and possibly the most skillful player I have ever seen, he added. He was proud and passionate about Dudley. I know because I spent a lot of time with him over the years and he never stopped talking about Dudley, his background and the black country. Sir Bobby paid tribute to Mrs Edwards, who lived in Coesley, saying it was clear where Duncan got his determination from. It shows what kind of character Mrs Edwards was to produce such a wonderful player like Duncan, said Sir Bobby. She is tough and she is strong, and that's what Duncan Edwards was. Sir Bobby also returned to Dudley in 2006 to unveil a plaque for the Duncan Edwards sports area in Priory Park. Now, here come the quiz answers, and they're brought to us by Mina.
Hello, and here are your answers for this week's flashback quiz. Feeling confident? How will you score? Let's see. Question one. What was the name of the giant prehistoric dragonfly? And the answer? It was a Meganora. Question two. How many words is it thought that Shakespeare invented? And the answer is 1,700. Question three. What colours are most associated with Halloween? And the answer here is orange and black. Question four. In what year was extreme ironing founded as weird activity? And the answer here is 1997. Question five. What size shoe would the Statue of Liberty need? And the answer here is it would need size 879. And finally, question six. What little known property does copper have? And the answer here is self-disinfecting. Did you get them all right? If not, not to worry, as I will be back next week to test you all once again. Bye for now. So that's it for another edition of the Black Country Talking News. A reminder to our CD listeners who have received CDs in padded envelopes that you don't need to send anything back to us. If you have a sight loss tip or someone you would like to wish a happy birthday to, just say hello to. Maybe even a poem or talking book you would like reviewed, then please get in touch with us at the Beacon Centre. Call 01902 880 Email bctn at beaconvision.org or write to us at the Black Country Talking News, Beacon, Wolverhampton Road East, Wolverhampton, WV4 6AZ. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and thank you to all our supporters, donators and volunteers who without their support will be unable to run this free service. Please note the information and views expressed in this recording does not necessarily represent the views of Beacon or Talking News and were accurate at the time of recording. Mentions of goods and services does not imply endorsement and whilst every care is taken to supply accurate information, Beacon and Talking News do not undertake liability for any errors. So it's goodbye from all of us, stay safe, have a good week and we look forward to bringing you next week's edition of the Black Country Talking News. Ta-ra!